You're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. want to welcome you to a brand new edition of course i'm your host michael nimmons and i want to thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it with us right here on the thinking out loud radio show know it's been a while since we have done a brand new episode um but um we posted on our social media just a couple days ago in fact it was this past sunday that we tested positive for covid19 that's right guys Guys, we are back and excited about this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We have a awesome interview, a great conversation I had with a good friend of mine who's uh, been on the show before. He is the CEO of Forgotten Harvest. His name is Kirk Mays, a dynamic young man who is doing some fabulous things in And we've been able to do what we got to do for the community. We Decided to break ground on that new facility in November uh, 2020, and then through 21, <laughs> we were building we were building a new building, and still doing what we had to do for the community. And in November of 21, exactly one year later, <clears throat> after we broke ground, uh, Mackenzie Scott uh, sent us a gift of. $25 million. It's time. 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 For the Thinking Out Loud radio show, her confidence is indeed exemplary because she knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that my daddy knows I'm on this plane. And just like her daddy knows she's back here, our Heavenly Father knows the way that we take and when he is done trying us, we shall come forth as pure gold. Our Heavenly Father knows us and loves us and only wants the best for us. And so our faith and confidence in Him should be just like the little girl in her dad, the pilot. Knowing the pilot was the reason for her composure. Knowing the pilot was the reason for her peace in the midst of the storm. And just like her, we can find peace and tranquility in our Heavenly Father because it's in Him that we live, we move, and have our being. Knowing Him makes life worth living. Knowing Him puts life into perspective. Knowing Him truly makes the difference. Hello and welcome to 
a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. And you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. I want to welcome you to a brand new edition. Of course, I'm your host, Michael Nimmons, and I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it with us right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I know it's been a while since we have done a brand new episode, um, but um, we posted on our social media just a couple days ago. In fact, it was this past Sunday that we tested positive for COVID-19. That's right, guys. Um, and uh, <clears throat> very uh, shocked to have gotten that diagnosis. Um, but uh, I wanted to take some time out uh, in the show opening to just talk a little bit about uh, this this virus that we tested positive for just a few days ago. So much information out there, of course, um, about COVID-19 prior to us even testing positive for it. But thankfully, of course, I'm vaccinated and uh, boosted. Uh, so the symptoms that I've experienced have been very mild, just flu-like symptoms, um, nausea, headache, and uh, slight fever. Uh, but other than that, I have been absolutely fine. And I'm thankful for that and thankful to God that it hasn't been any worse because I certainly uh, understand the gravity of this dangerous and deadly virus is called COVID-19. So many people have um, contracted it, have died from it, uh, have been um, long, have had long-term uh, effects because of it. And, um, and that's primarily the reason why I decided to go ahead and get vaccinated and boosted. <clears throat> and, um, and that's another reason why I wanted to take some time out uh, in this week's episode to talk a little bit more about that and dispel the myths about vaccination and uh, and being boosted because I think that um, those that have decided not to do it are doing themselves a major disservice um, because of all of the misinformation that is that is out there um, you you don't realize that not being vaccinated and contracting this deadly virus could put you in harm's way and not knowing uh, what and how uh, COVID-19 will ultimately impact you is, in my view, the most dangerous part about it because uh, this virus affects individuals, each person, uh, in a different way. Uh, you, you know, some people uh, talk about them being affected, uh, having respiratory problems and not being able to breathe. And then you hear other people talking about uh, having spasms and 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 other <clears throat> other types of um, muscle uh, reactions to this 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 dangerous virus. Um, and so. I, I just uh, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I share and use this platform responsibly uh, to share uh, what the experiences were for me uh, being someone that can that contracted the virus, tested positive for it. And because I'm vaccinated and boosted, the symptoms for me have been very, very mild. 
Um, and I'm and I believe, of course, that is primarily because I've been vaccinated and boosted that it has been that way. Had it been otherwise and I was not vaccinated and boosted, then the circumstances, I believe, would be very different. And that is one thing that I pledged to do when I started this podcast is to speak truth to power and to use this platform responsibly to share information um, and in a, in a responsible way uh, and not to um, dispel lies and propagate rumors and all of those types of things because it does um, it does my listeners and it does those who may tune in periodically to this platform um, no good. It does not serve them in any way to continue to propagate the lies that they may have heard elsewhere. But here, we want to make sure you get the truth and nothing but the truth. And so, again, that's the reason why we wanted to talk about uh, COVID-19 from the perspective of someone who has has contracted the virus, is doing good now, um, and is vaccinated and boosted. Um, I wanted to share an experience or an encounter we had maybe several months ago on social media from <clears throat> someone who was a Christian influencer and um, she had an individual on she was interviewing it was an Instagram live and they got to talking about it was a pastor uh, that she was interviewing uh, and they got to talking about COVID-19 and the vaccinations and uh, they talked about it as if it was the vaccines were the mark of the beast. And I was just appalled at uh, this uh, supposed man of God who is claiming to, uh, you know, be a be a representative of Christ, a representative of Christ, uh, but irresponsibly using the word of God to justify why uh, he and she uh, the influencer uh, did not get vaccinated and they're using the word of God <clears throat> as a uh, weapon uh, to, to others that you know this is the mark of the beast we shouldn't take this and um, this is not scriptural uh, to say the least um, according to the uh, avid Bible readers, include uh, you know myself and those of you who read the Word of God, know that um, according to Scripture, the mark of the beast does not come into play until after the rapture has taken place, and that is an event where uh, Jesus Christ will come back to uh, redeem all of His saints, those that are. Uh, uh, those who have received Christ's salvation according to the word of God and are believers in Jesus Christ, he's coming back to rapture them and redeem them back to himself. Uh, and after that, those who are left behind will be a part of what is called uh, uh, the, the great tribulation. And 
the Great Tribulation is uh, a a very um, uh, a very dangerous period in the Bible, and in that period, that is when uh, the Bible talks about individuals will have to take the mark of the beast in order to survive. They would not be able to buy, sell, or trade without taking the mark of the beast. And um, and so this vaccine is not that at all. Uh, again, I want to make sure I'm clear that when you know I was vaccinated and boosted, we were not microchipped. Um, there is no, <laughs> there is no uh, microchip in me or implanted in me uh, that is, you know, that that is now a tracking device or that can be used to. Um, that I can use to buy, sell, or trade um, in any way. And I want to be clear um, that the vaccine uh, was given, I, I was given uh, primarily because uh, we were uh, trying to uh, protect ourselves against this deadly virus of COVID-19. And I think it's so very important that we share the truth of the matter instead of continuing to propagate lies about something that people are just maybe afraid to take. And and I think it's it's important that we, we, we be honest with ourselves. If you're just afraid to take the vaccine, let's just say that. But instead, you know, instead of using God's word to justify, uh, you know, using God's word and taking it out of context to justify why you decided not to take it, you know, that that to me is dishonest and it serves no purpose whatsoever. It's dangerous. And, you know, again, I would much rather you just come out and say, you know what, I'm afraid to take the, the vaccine right now. Um, and I was I'll be I'll be honest with you. I wasn't the first one in the pool. I'm never the first one in the pool when it comes to uh, these types of things. I took the time to 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 evaluate, observe and watch. And based on that. I decided, I made the decision, I believe I made the right decision to get vaccinated and boost it. And I think I'm in a better place because of it. And so I wanted to make sure that I'm clear about uh, the use, the proper use of platforms like podcasts, lives, uh, and other uh resources for social media because I think we're doing our listeners a major disservice when we don't tell them the truth and you know that is what I pledge to you uh, as listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show to do each and every week when you listen to 
the Thinking Out Loud radio show. But again, I'm doing fine, guys, and I want to thank everyone for all of their uh, prayers, their love and support that I've gotten on social media. Um, I just thank you so very much for, uh, you know, the calls, the social media posts. Uh, to let me know that you're thinking about me, you're praying for me. Uh, thank you so very much, each and every one of you, uh, because you didn't have to do it. Uh, but I thank you, and I appreciate each and every one of you. I, I made a post again, like I said, on Sunday, uh, primarily because uh, I wanted uh, those who listen to the show to know that a new podcast was not going to be released on uh, this this uh, this Sunday because uh, I contracted COVID-19. And uh, I wanted people to know that, you know, one thing that that was interesting to me early on when when individuals contracted COVID, it was that it was very secretive. Uh, you know, people treated it as if it was uh you know, like you got AIDS or HIV or something like that. Uh, but it is, it is, is. I think we've made it uh, bigger than it, it 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 had to be because of our perceptions or misperceptions of the virus. Uh, if we just were responsible enough to do what the CDC said and get vaccinated, get boosted. I think we would have been much further ahead um, individually and maybe even collectively. But of course, because of bad leadership, both from the White House all the way down, um, we, you know, there have been some uh, various missteps that have gotten uh, taken us off course. And, and, and now we are kind of backpedaling, trying to get back to where we should be uh, with this virus. But I want to thank everybody, um, and you know who you are. I appreciate you. Thank you, those who listen to the show, and even those who may not be listening or listeners uh, or regular listeners to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I appreciate each and every one of you for just sending up a prayer for me because it's definitely helped us get through this, and I know we're going to be the better for it. And lastly, what I will say about uh, COVID-19 and being vaccinated and boosted is that, you know, I am encouraging everyone under the sound of my voice. Those of you who have not been vaccinated, those of you who have not been boosted to go ahead and do so. It's time to make that decision uh, today. Uh, do yourselves a favor. Do your health a favor and get vaccinated and boosted. Uh, it is so very important. Uh, continue, don't continue listening to, uh, you know, those on social media who really are just trying to justify their own uh, prejudices and their own fears uh, for not getting the, the vaccine. Uh, if you have questions, talk to your doctor, Talk to a physician and get the right information so that you can make the best decision for your health. I think it's so very important. 
you know, um, there there was hundreds of thousands of people who died even before this vaccine was available. And, you know, I believe that the majority of them, if given the opportunity, if this vaccine was available prior to their death and contracting COVID-19, they would have taken the they would have taken the vaccine and lived. I am 100 percent positive that they would have done so if it meant saving their life. And and that's what that's what doing that uh, uh, today is for you. It's going to save your life. Get vaccinated. Get boosted. And do it today. But guys, we are back and excited about this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We have a awesome interview, a great conversation I had with a good friend of mine who's been on the show before. He is the CEO of Forgotten Harvest. His name is Kirk Mays, a dynamic young man who is doing some fabulous things in not just the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan, and even in this country, but I think he is one of uh, the nation's uh, preeminent leaders uh, when it comes to nonprofit organizations uh, and institutions uh, that are geared toward helping those uh, who cannot help themselves. Uh, and I can't wait to jump into this interview with uh, the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, Kirk Mays. In addition to our interview with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, Kurt Mays, we have a dynamic thought of the week entitled Knowing the Pilot, Knowing the Pilot. And in a world where we deal with so many problems, so many issues, uh, you know, the turbulence of life can certainly weigh us down. Um, it's always important when you know the pilot and that truly makes the difference. And I can't wait to share this powerful thought with you at the end of this week's show. There's definitely more that we would like to discuss, uh, but we'll save it for next week's edition. I think next week is going to be more of a topical episode, and we'll deal with some of the uh, hot topics in, uh, in popular culture and in the world of news uh, that are on our mind to share, and we'll do it in next week's edition. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we're getting ready to take a break. When we come back, we're jumping right into my interview with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, Kurt Mays. You don't want to go anywhere. Get tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online it's the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back hello my name is Maya Nimmons and I want you to listen to my dad Michael Nimmons on the thinking out loud radio show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. available everywhere you listen to your podcast and now available on the Detroit Praise Network website you better listen to that little girl the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Dr. Eddie Connor, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud show with my main man, Michael Nimmons. Grew up listening and singing If I Could Be Like Mike, and I really do, so I had to listen to how he brings it, how he flows with it, how he engages you, how he speaks truth to power and inspires you. 
to do something greater than ever before. Don't you dare miss it. Continue to listen. Think out loud. Speak out loud with Michael Nimmons. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Black to the bone, to the core, to the root. I am to America a very strange fruit. Born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for truths that have been withheld from books produced to tell history. And it's a mystery how they missed me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country and our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be freed for another 300 years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves tears cause fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms. And in the heirlooms, the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency, denying black beauty and black pride. Black lives really do matter. Here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. What's up, everybody? We are back on another great edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I have a very special guest with me. uh, And I just can't wait to jump into this interview with him. Uh, Again, I consider him to be not just a friend, but one of not just Michigan's top leaders, but the nation's top leaders. And can't wait to jump into this interview. But before we do, we want to give him a proper introduction. Uh, He is the chief executive officer of Forgotten Harvest, serving in this capacity since 2014. Forgotten Harvest is one of of Michigan's top uh, nonprofit organizations and one of the nation's premier food rescue organizations. Uh, He's an accomplished businessman with an impressive resume of achievements and benchmarks. In addition to his professional role, he participates in multiple initiatives and projects to improve the systems that drive change in Metro Detroit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to my good friend and the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, Kurt Mays. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Kurt. Oh, 
Mike, man. Thank you for the introduction, man. That was gracious, and um, thanks for how, allowing me on the show, man. Absolutely, man. I, uh, I, I'm so glad to have you back on the show. You were back with us in 2000, the first time with us in 2017. That was a phenomenal show. You were my first guest for my first Thanksgiving uh, episode, and I, I, I couldn't think of a better guest to have than the CEO of Forgotten Harvest. And uh, we said off air, man, it's been five years that we've been doing the show and five years since you've been on the show. So we want to know, what have you been up to? Man, five years is a lifetime today, right? I mean, right. Uh, nobody even, it's been such a journey that everybody's been on due to the COVID experience and nobody right, right. asks a question like that anymore. It's like, you know, it's like pre-COVID. Mm. <laughs> And post-COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if we're at the post-COVID yet, but, you know, um, <clears throat> five years, brother. Um, in August, I'll be, I'll celebrate my anniversary at Forgotten Harvest um, for eight years. So I was only like, uh, I was just, I was just there for like two and a half, three years. The last time we spoke at the end of 2017, going into Thanksgiving, um, at the time we had just, um, got the authorization and the, the, the clearance from the board of directors, um, to be able to launch a capital campaign silently, um, for a vision of a new facility for forgotten harvest. The idea being that, you know, we didn't need necessarily new space for the sake of having a new space. We wanted to make a deeper impact in the lives of the people that we're serving by figuring out how we could start bringing food back to a centralized location to be able to actually mix it and, and be able to get a better product, product out for people. And given the um, success up until that moment of Forgotten Harvest and you know the general good standing we had in the community for being able to provide so many good things and, good, and, and being there for so many people, you know, the general question that I had to get through and, the, and the, the challenge I had to get through was basically why and, and, and what, what difference were you trying to make by mixing the food even further and, you know, trying to get, you know, more whole meals um, home to family. So, you know, at the time of that, that interview, I was just given authorization to begin to have those conversations with small groups of people reaching out to people in the wealth communities and foundations and, and corporations. And we were basically just, I was just pitching, pitching, pitching. And um, then COVID happened, of course. Uh, we crossed our 30 year anniversary um, and uh, we had to step up to do what we had to do to serve our community during COVID. We lost some people. I lost my best buddy, you know, in Marlo Stoudemire. And it changed, it changed a lot for me, but also I've grown a lot as a, as a leader. Um, in November of 2020, in the midst of everything going on, uh, we decided to continue to, as we took a pause on the, on the campaign, uh, you know, cause actually, right when COVID hit in March of 2020, we were, we were going to go public with the campaign and we were going to celebrate our 30th anniversary. And we saw everything coming. We scrapped that and just fe focused on sticking to 
you know, our service to the community. And then through that, we had to, you know, uh, rent a new, rent a facility to be able to give us the capacity to serve the community in that format. Uh, we had to do a lot of changes with what we were doing. And we realized like, man, if we had our building right now, you know, this would be perfect. And the, and the, the actual operational pivot that we were using that, that informed what we needed to do for COVID was, was literally the stuff that we had been working on since 2016, 2017. Mm. <clears throat> so when people say like, it's incredible how quickly forgotten harvest pivoted, we didn't pivot quickly. We have been working on that for like five years. Mm-hmm. And, and when, and when the Lord called us to put the plan in action, we knew what to do. We just didn't have the facility yet. Mm-hmm. And by the time we got to November, it was like, yo, we need our facility. And we've been able to do what we got to do for the community. We, Decided to break ground on that new facility in November of 2020. And then through 21, we were building, we were building a new building and still doing what we had to do for the community. And in November of 21, exactly one year later, after we broke ground, uh, Mackenzie Scott uh, sent us a gift of $25 million um, to not only, uh, you know, help with our overall mission, but the overall message was um, the leadership, the mission and the work of this organization has been proven. We want to give you the kind of money that will actually help you spread your wings and do what you got to do. Wow. That is an awesome, awesome gift. Yeah. So it was no strings attached, mm. uh, only a one page report for three years after that to help them understand and learn. And the instruction was never an application or anything. It was just like, we've done our homework. We know who you are. We trust that you're going to do the right thing. Wow. So, so we got the money in the bank. We've completed the campaign. We've completed the building. The whole team has moved in. We completed the project on time, under budget, and um, we're now in the, in the midst, in the throes of the process of implementing the actual full operational turnaround. So by the end of the year, all the routes will be changed, all the food we mixed, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, maybe early next year. But the Transform Forgotten Harvest is just only one more step away. So five years, brother, we've been getting a lot done, not to mention all the other stuff that was going on, but we've been kind of busy. <laughs> That's an understatement. That is definitely an understatement. And to hear, uh, to hear you you say what you accomplished in the midst of COVID nineteen, in the midst of a global pandemic, where you know thousands, hundreds of thousands of people were you know gravely impacted, and millions of people were uh, infected with this uh, this 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 terrible virus you guys were able to um you know launch a capital campaign uh build a a new facility from the ground up and uh and then you know based on your reputation of 30 years of service to uh 
the, 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 the citizens of the state of Michigan and this country were gifted with $25 million basically as a, um, a stamp of approval for what you've done. That is just tremendous. That is awesome. And uh, you guys deserve that and so much more. Well, that's, that, that doesn't uh, rest on us lightly, brother. And we are trying, we are going to fulfill um, not only the expectations of that donor, but we are obligated to fulfill the expectations of our community and make sure that we do the best we can possibly. So um, we've completed the strategic plan for the next three years. In that, of course, we have our operational turnaround to complete, but that'll be early on. That's almost the, the end of the last plan. Um, our former facility on Greenfield, you got to remember Forgotten Harvest is a debt-free organization. We, all, we own all 40 trucks. We own both the buildings. We, own, we don't have any debt on anything. Um, so our idea is what can we do to help actually help improve the distribution experience, the distribution network can actually set an example for what I personally think could be uh, actual vision for how people can be served, um, free food, emergency food in Metro Detroit. So we already have the client choice pantry format where a distribution location where somebody would get served, um, food, is set up like a grocery store. Um, there's organizations like Yad Ezra, Fish and Loaves, Oakland Hope. There's a number of organizations and there's been a number of uh, programs that you know, groups have done within the, the city as well. There was a North End uh, 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 Client Choice Pantry that didn't necessarily take hold. There was one in Brightmore when I was there that actually um, <clears throat> didn't actually come to fruition. And there's a lot of comp complexities and go around it. Um, Forgotten Harvest has a purse. We have space and I have a, a vision with the team that one of the things that we think client choice can serve to do not with, with it's already format with already giving people more choice, giving more dignity. They can go in and actually get the stuff for free and more of a grocery store format where gleaners would, would partner with us and we put our stuff in there and there'd be stuff shelved and you can go through and shop for what you want. And at the end it's still free. Right. Mm -hmm. But also to actually think about that actually being like retail hours from like seven in the morning to like seven in the evening. So working families and seniors and students and people who are going to like need something like that, but have the rest of their life to deal with. And they don't want to like subject themselves to like the schedule of the local church or the schedule of the local program. Like, how can I do this? Just like when I'm going to the grocery store and then having like wraparound services, or, you know, maybe we can have thaw there, or maybe we can have a, a, a FQHC there. Maybe we can have a social worker there, all these things. Um, well, this is going to happen. This is one, this is not like one of my plans. So we, 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 we got it already. It's under the, right now what we're doing is we're inspecting the building for all repairs, getting ready for renovation. We already got an architect. We already been sitting down with gleaners. Uh, we already thinking about community-based partners that could come in and actually help us with this. But the, the turn of the new facility and, and the new operation has been also consuming that right now we're just kind of like letting Greenfield sit there. And by the end of the year, we'll start the actual um, renovation plans and that kind of stuff to turn that into um, what I envision to be a, like a weekly and daily uh, distribution spot that's working like more like a, a store 
um, that have people in there that are paid, that are trained, that are treating people like customers and not somebody looking for free food. And, you know, and, and that spot creates something that hopefully can be set as an example and replicated in maybe a dozen or more places throughout the region and uh, start to really evolve what distribution and love and of our, our folks when they in need look like. Wow, that is awesome. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, my good friend, Kirk Mays. He is back with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And um, I'm just, uh, you know, godly proud of this uh, this young man who, um, you know, we both went to Michigan State together, sure, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> go green, go white. And um, I'm, I'm just listening to him talk about uh, this project, this new facility that was built from the ground up that, um, you know, that he championed and put together along with his team, obviously, uh, in the midst of a global pandemic is just an awesome, awesome accomplishment. And he shared with us, you know, his plans for not just the new facility, but even the facility that they left to expand that, uh, to renovate it. Uh, turn that into a store where uh, people can receive free uh, food and uh, and the like uh, and and be able to sustain themselves uh, continuously. And it's just amazing. I, I, I think, um, you know, we, we need to celebrate uh, men like you and, 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 and that have a heart for service um, and have a heart for uh, the community because we don't find that that often. Well, I, I say, I appreciate that brother. And, and, um, you know, <clears throat> what's important for, for me is that if, if an example is being set for young people to see that you can actually be successful in serving people, I I'd like to stand there, but I also want people, I also want to remind people that I'm doing my job. Mm. I want, I want, I want to remind people that I am, I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilling my responsibility to you. Right. So, um, sometimes it's great to get the gratitude and the, and the good job, good job. And I'm impressing everything, but I want to remind everybody, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. And if I don't do this, mm-hmm. you're supposed to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. And put the other person in there that's supposed to do it. And we got to hold each other accountable, accountable like that. Okay. So I grew up this way and I'm still under the scrutiny and the expectations of all of my ancestors, all of my supporters, every one of my comrades. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to, to make you proud. Yes. But I'm, I'm really here to do my job and do my job. Well, you know what I'm saying? So a part of this is actually also understanding that service gives you an ability to have a level of freedom, right? Like right. who, 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 who leads a servant? I'm here doing what, you know what I'm saying? Is the right thing to do. So my boss, yeah, I got a boss on his physical land, but I also got a boss above, above this physical land. Right. And that's who I'm really like, that's who I look for to my accountability. Right. And he's put me on task to get some stuff done. So in some ways it's like, you know, don't treat me like I'm doing something special. I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to just let people know that there's a lot of work to be done and we all need to pick up a little bit of something 
you know, the things that I feel like I'm doing, I'm just doing the stuff that needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? So let me not leave a hole in the, in the, in the story too. So there's the, there's the facility that we're going to work on in our next three years, but there's also a recognition that if we're going to be able to change the distribution and the impact that the distribution, how it's set up right now for the people that we serve and do it as quickly as possible, we can't just continue to set examples. We also got to help move folks along. Right. So for, so for, for the partners that actually had the capacity and the willingness to look at their own distribution operation and ask themselves the question, how can, what kind of changes and the updates can we do to actually make people feel more dignified when they come get food? What are the things that we can do that actually allow people to be able to come with a broader set of hours and be able to get more access to, to the food that we give in and just in general, improving the quality of service for the people that, that, that we're all touching. Forgotten Harvest is setting up a five million. We've set up a five million dollar fund to actually re-grant dollars to our agency network, so we can actually help with their capacity building alongside this example that we're setting. So to accelerate the improvement of the experience that people who are getting served, we want to actually put five million dollars back into the system so that we can actually help improve the system right now. So in the next year, we'll be actually taking in grant applications from some of our community partners. And we hope to give away as much as like $1.2 million in the next calendar year. And then after that, up to up to over the next three years, Forgotten Harvest is going to take out of our own bank account $5 million and give it over to, to give it to the community so we can make this thing happen a little bit faster. That is awesome. You know, as you were talking, I was reminded of a quote from uh, Dr. King where he says, service is the rent you pay for the space you occupy. That's right. And um, I think you're doing what you, what you're describing is, as you said, this is your job. You said, this is my job. This is my purpose. This is what I was put on this earth to do um, by a much bigger boss. Well, this and, is what I'm right. doing right now, Mike, is what I've been putting this seat to do. Mm-hmm. My boss has put me in different seats. Right. Okay. So service as a as a as a mantle is definitely probably the space that he that's the that's the football field he got me on today. Right. Uh, or right. he ha- he has me on. You know what I'm saying? And he's had me be the punter, the kicker, the water boy, the quarterback. And today, today I'm in I'm in this particular position. Whenever he's ready for me for to do for to be in another position on the field, I'm a servant. I got to do what I got to do. But I'm just doing my job, and I'm trying to do it the best I can. I do not want to let nobody down, but I also want to bring home as much as I can for my people while I'm on the stump. Right, guys. I know you're enjoying my interview with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest. We getting ready to take a break. When we come back, we're jumping right back into my interview with Kirk Mays, the CEO. A forgotten harvest. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. And you're 
Show. Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. State's Attorney, Marilyn Mosby. As a Black woman, you know, in the Supreme Court, right? Like, this is this is long overdue. Thinking Out Loud. And it will be similar, that same sort of spark for every Black woman and every girl across the nation. There's symbolism in the importance of having the first African-American woman in the Supreme Court. It's reassuring that President Biden has recognized that Black women have carried the Democratic Party on our backs nationally and locally for decades. And, and, and our work and our passion in, in many ways built the seats at the table. Let, let me be very clear about that, right? But more importantly, some of the most qualified candidates we have ever had are eligible for this, this nomination, and they are black women. When we talk about, you know, Michelle Childs and Leandra Kruger and Katanji Brown Jackson, they have like these stellar resumes, incredible experience, and are the ideal fit for a job like this. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. have spoken from Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. 
All right, guys, we are back. And I know you're enjoying my interview with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, my good friend, Kurt Mays. He's with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show in this week's episode. And we've been talking about, um, you know, what he has been doing uh, over these past five years since he's been on the podcast back in 2017. And, and he has been doing a phenomenal job. Uh, with Forgotten Harvest, uh, and God has just tremendously blessed him and uh, his team of volunteers and those that are on the paid staff that work diligently to serve the citizens of the state of Michigan. And, you know, in this segment, you know, we're talking about leadership and uh, we're calling this, this episode a commentary on leadership from the CEO of Forgotten Harvest. And uh, I can't think of a better person to really talk about that uh, topic in this segment. And so uh, we want to know from you, you've been the CEO of Forgotten Harvest for almost a decade. Uh, Share with us some of the lessons that you learned in leadership. Wow. Uh, Man, I've learned a lot. Um, I think I've learned something almost every day. So I think number one, um, you never stop learning, uh, not only about your craft and about the people that you're around and in your, in your business, but about, you never stop learning about yourself. Um, and, and I think that leads to two very important things that I realized early on, which was like, I was in this role and I was a fit for this role because of who I am. So as a leader, your character is a dominant part of the unspoken quality that you must have. And if you if your character is not based off of authenticity and who you are, you're always going to be struggling to try to fit something that is not you, right? Mm-hmm. So to be able to like live a life without any breaks, to live a life without any kind of like worrying about if I'm going to go too far to the left or too far to the right, because this road is made for me. Exactly. Me, um, is a definite liberating aspect of how I lead. Um, then I think part and parts, part and possible of that or whatever they say, um, is, you know, trusting your gut for me, trusting my instincts, like uh unspoken word plus also spoken knowing how to sense the vibration of the moment um and all of those things are incredibly incredibly important for you to be able to trust yourself enough to know when the decision that needs to be made is the timing and if it's the right decision um i kind of came in to this with this philosophy of um forgiveness, not permission with this idea that if you do the right thing for the right reason, you don't got to worry about that. You'll, you'll come out on the right end. I left the forgiveness, not permission thing kind of out of my memory, like in my consciousness, but I, I have been kind of like declaring and now I'm a firm believer in this idea of just do the right thing for the right reason, even in the, in the, in the face of adversity and darkness, mm. just do the right thing for the right reason. And I promise you, you come out on the right side of that at the end of it. Even if the actual outcome is not what you actually think you want, 
is like actually what you think you're shooting for. If you continue to do the right thing for the right reason, I think Michelle Obama termed it as like, we got to stay at the high road or keep your chin up or make sure that you're doing things that your people would be proud of you when nobody's looking, whatever it is, just stay righteous Mm. and keep, keep that on your forefront. And like, I I honestly believe, and I've learned in my leadership is it's been proven to me that if you do that, everything will work out. Even if you make a mistake, there's going to be an opportunity to learn from that. And if you keep that right attitude, you'll be okay. Um, all in all, I've learned to actually get a certain level of comfort with my vulnerability. Um, the vulnerability mixed with my natural and healthy kind of humility has been a empowering force for my growth to be able to step back and be shown the places where I need to be better for myself, for the people I'm serving, for our community as a professional, as a person, but also have the humility to be able to accept it and absorb it and hurt from it, be embarrassed from it and come back with an honest and sincere answer of like, this is what I want to do to try to improve Mm. has been a tremendous, uh, asset for me. Um, on this journey. And I think it has helped me grow into a better leader for forgotten harvest um, real time amongst some of the things that I've learned. brother. Right. And, and I, you said so much there, but what I really appreciate, I believe the most uh, of what you said is, is, you know, the transparency that you have as a leader, you know, fine. And the transparency and the humility that 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 you have as a leader because you know when you when people think of leadership they think or oh, oh, of a leader they think of they think of strength they think of you know boldness courage and whatnot and all those are are great uh, uh, attributes to have uh, as as a leader uh, but I think transparency and humility are two great attributes as well because you have to be able uh, to be transparent in some regards uh, with yourself uh, and with those that you serve so they see your humanity. They see that you are a real person, that somebody that makes mistakes, somebody that, uh, you know, is a, is real. And, 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 and for them, that makes leadership accessible for them as well because if 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 we treat leadership as something that is unattainable then then you know we part of i think part of our job as leaders or part of your job as a leader is to uh groom and cultivate the next generation of leaders that come behind you and And so that transparency is important. And then humility to be able to step back and say, well, why, you know, uh, yeah, I, I made that mistake or you, uh, this is areas where I need to improve. And, and as much accolades that people want to bestow upon me, it's not this, this, this didn't just happen because of me. It happened because of other people. It happened because of a team that I'm a part of that I lead. That's a hundred percent. Right. You know, um, I, I stand in front of a bunch of people Mm -hmm. 
right? So it isn't very important for me that people understand that while I get, you know, I'm the person that accepts the award or accepts the thank you and all that kind of stuff. I'm just the person that accepting it because there's a lot of people over here doing the work every day and, you know, they care. Mm-hmm. They care about it. They're not just coming and doing a job for the most part. You know, a lot of people are coming in and fulfilling a mission. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's different. Mm-hmm. So um, I, am, I am very, very, very sensitive to this idea that um, Forgotten Harvest is not Kirk Mays. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, uh, Forgotten Harvest is much bigger than me. And right. It's a, it's a whole bunch of people that work there and volunteer there and it, you know that that really make it what it is. Absolutely. I know you guys enjoy my interview with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, Kirk Mays. We're so happy to have him with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Talking about leadership, Kirk, in this segment, uh, share with us some examples of good leadership and bad leadership. Hmm. That's interesting, man. So um, bad leadership. Yeah, man, you know, I think I think the uh the majority of what my responsibility is as the C suite, as the as the top leader in the organization, um is to is to make decisions. Okay, at the end of the day. Um, I'm not I'm not there every day to pack boxes, I'm not there every day to drive a truck, I'm not there every day to sweep floors. Mm-hmm. All of these jobs are important. Right. And and I know all these jobs involve making decisions, but um, my job in particular is to make good decisions that are large enough decisions that they affect more than just one or two people or a moment. Right. So um, one aspect of good or bad decision making in my or or leadership, in my opinion, is bad decision making, Mm. which has a lot of different attributes to it. Right. So good and or bad decision-making I think is dictated by the, the, the person that you bring to the, 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 the question to be decided upon. Right. Um, do you have the right head and the right attitude, um, for the moment so that Mm. you can actually be the right person to make the right decision? Mm. Did you, did you do enough work to get enough information. So you actually understand as many aspects of the situation as possible before you actually make a decision. How much of what you know are assumptions or just hearsay? How much of it is actual fact? And, 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 and once you actually know enough to make a decision, have you thought about the implications of your decision and all the different scenarios that could potentially come out of this and the different variations of this decision that could be the best one. Mm. I feel like someone whose job is primarily a decision maker um, and you're not thinking about all of the consequences and all the implications that go into and come out of a decision. I feel like in that instance, um, there, there are scales and there are some that are going to be on the really good side and there's some <laughs> going to be like, you can improve. Um, I also think that, um, there's a certain amount of head and heart that you need to actually carry as a leader. As a matter of fact, some of the best leaders that I've encountered have told me, you know, and when I asked if there was one thing that they could tell me, 
Um, it was lead with your head and your heart. Right. So in my opinion, I think uh, leadership that is all logic and no consideration for the persons on the other side of those decisions. I don't think that that's whole, but at the same time, if you're only thinking about your heart and you're not actually thinking about the actual administrative business and real world stuff that you got to deal with, it's going to be an incomplete decision, mm-hmm. you know, and you might not actually factor in some of the critical things that are going to matter the most so that everyone can actually be in the right place for, for that time and space. Um, the last aspect of this, I would actually um, put on there. And I guess there's a lot of ways that you can think about this good and bad, deci- good and bad leadership. Um, you know, for me, when I take on a role as a leader, um, it takes my whole life. So for me, um, yeah, I'm not forgotten harvest and forgotten harvest is not me, but the role of the CEO of forgotten harvest is almost stitched invisibly on my head. (laughs) And, you know, I hear, I, I know you hear me when I say that, but it doesn't change the fact that when you see me and the pride you have for the accomplishments and everything that stitched that is not associated with that. So if I walk out here right now and get hit by a bus, who got hit by the bus? If I go out here and slap a waiter at a restaurant, who just did that? You know? Um, so, um, being aware and, and having the stamina to wear the armor at all times of leadership, even when you're, you do arrest, but you recognize that um, the special privilege and responsibility of being the leader uh, doesn't necessarily give you the same luxuries that everybody else has, right? So um, someone who's respectful and responsible to the seats and the armor and the weight of leadership, as opposed to being flippant and non-attentive uh, um, to, to that to, to, to that to that aspect of all of this, I think you know. Again, there's a scale of, of what's good and bad. Those those are three big picture examples, I would say. And um, you know, every situation calls for a different a different moment. At the at the end of the day, uh, I'm a people person, and it's always for me gonna gonna boil down to. Um, what you mean to people, who you are to people and what you lead in people through. Um, and like all the wise men, most wise men I've ever heard. Um, one of them in particular that I remember saying this was Larry Simmons and Brightmore. Uh, he said, you know, um, a leader that's walking down the street by himself is not a leader. That's just a brother going for a walk. <laughs> so if you can't get people to follow you, um, then you just, you just delusional. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was uh, something also. I remember our late pastor, Bishop David L. Ellis saying, uh, uh, and he, he used that, uh, that phrase, uh, very often and is repeated very often that a man, uh, uh, a leader without anyone to follow them, it's just a man out for a walk. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think there could have been any truer statement that was made. Uh, but 
uh, that that speaks volumes about leadership. And one thing I can say, the Forgotten Harvest definitely has a leader, a real leader uh, at the helm and uh, one that we are very proud of and um, very happy to have with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And, you know, um, when we when you think about your 10 year uh, at, at Forgotten Harvest um, and everything that you have accomplished thus far, when that's all said and done, when it's concluded, uh, what would you like your legacy to have been there? What would you like people to say about your leadership as the CEO of Forgotten Harvest? You know, um, I don't know, man. I get up every day and I just want to, I just want to do a little bit more to move us forward, you know? Mm. And, um, if I can move us out far, far enough out in the space that we can connect to something that would have never been a possibility unless we was doing those micro little moves every day. Um, that's, that's the next success for me. That's like, you know, a dream, a dream realized for me. So, you know, we got our strategic plan in front of us for these next few years. If you, if you look at that, plus everything we've already done, Man, I just want everybody to know I did it with my whole heart. Right. And this was this was love. And and I don't care what anybody thinks about how I'm looking at positioning myself. I'm really only doing this for you. I'm not doing this for me. So I don't want to be no politician. I'm not trying to set myself up for another move. I just want to fix some things that are going on right now. That's not right for the, my community and my mm -hmm. people. So when I'm done, I would like to be no, remembered as being effective. I would like to be remembered as being somebody who was a part of the legacy of forgotten harvest that made a difference um, and actually helped move our mission forward in a way that help elevate and escalate the, 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 the ability for this organization to make an impact in people's lives. Forgotten Harvest was already doing a lot when I got there. So the conversation we're having right now about the distribution network and how we can change ourselves so that Forgotten Harvest can have more food that's mixed and ready to go to people to give them meals instead of just uh, additional rations that are, you know, like just commodities to, to add to something to try to get you to a meal. No, groceries for everybody everywhere is going to be the legacy that I'll leave for, at Forgotten Harvest every time you get served at Forgotten Harvest, right? So for our community, I hope that um, the, my tenure is the beginning of ending food insecurity in Metro Detroit. And ending, that means ending the anxiety that comes with somebody not knowing where their next meal or future meal is coming from because the network and the actual distribution system and the supply chain is set up with such coordination and such foresight that when somebody actually needs something, there's a simple way to actually find it. And then when you go there, everything you need is there and you're going to get groceries. Like in Detroit, they got it together, man. They got this thing going on when you go get food there, you get everything you need. And for like a week, you straight. 
They got it together in Detroit. It's better than 911. <laughs> that, that's what I want my legacy to be. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. You know, uh, I first, I, you know, I, you know, Kurt knows I love Dr. King and I love his quotes and he always says, uh, says things that, that make you think and resonate with you. And the one quote that I always use, and especially in moments like these, um, is from uh, his famous drum major instinct speech, which was the speech that basically uh, he gave a summation of his life uh, prior to his assassination. And the, the quote that really resonates with me is, you know, when, 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 when you ask me what, uh, you know, what do I want people to remember me by? Uh, he said, if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show someone he's traveling wrong, wow. then my living will not be in vain. Wow. If I can do my duty as a Christian, or if I can bring salvation to a world that's raw, then my living will not be in vain. And I hear that in your voice. I hear that um, in your thoughts um, and in and everything that you said that you're passionate about this. This is not a hobby. This is not something that you're just doing, but it's something that you are driven by and motivates you. And um, again, the people of the state of Michigan and the people of this country um, should be um, tremendously proud of, uh, of you and the work that is being done at Forgotten Harvest. Thank you, brother. I'm just another brother doing my job, though. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to put it. <laughs> what a great way to put it. Guys, we're getting ready to take another break. When we come back, we're going to jump back into my interview and give you the conclusion of my talk with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, Kurt Mays. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. Author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. Uh, I was reading something the other day, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's been 50 years since uh, Dr. King was killed. 50 years later, they're still killing kings, you know, uh, to, to really speak truth to power, but also to, to speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also the whole spectrum that, in many cases, they live in the crosshairs of society. We can give them all the, the tips, tools, and things of the trade of how to govern yourself accordingly. But we see young men all across America, and we, you know, uh, in many cases, we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as the African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously, and we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. 
Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Rochelle Riley. Uh, I, I can tell you, and before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time. And that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Hi, this is Martin Luther King III, and you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio host Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. All right, guys, we are back, and I know you're enjoying my interview with my good friend, Kurt Mays, the CEO of Forgotten Harvest. Uh, we've just been sharing and chopping it up about a number of different things, uh, primarily what he's been doing and with his team at Forgotten Harvest, uh, making an impact in the lives of so many uh, citizens in this state and around the country with uh, this, this um, uh, great institution, this great organization that we call Forgotten Harvest. Uh, in this segment, though, we want to transition a bit and shift gears um, to talk more about what's actually going on in our society. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to be going to the polls. Um, it's the midterm elections uh, coming up uh, in the state of Michigan and around the country. And uh, we as uh, uh, people of this country, people of uh, citizens of the state of Michigan will be going to the polls to vote. And I want to hear from the CEO of Forgotten Harvest uh, what his perspective is on the importance of voting. You know, share with our listeners why you believe it's so important that they go to the polls and vote in just a couple of weeks. Man, what a fantastic question. Uh, first, I want to say thank you for asking me that question, Mike. Um, I don't get a lot of questions that dig into, you know, my personal opinions about things outside of food a lot of times and leadership and that kind of stuff. So um, it's not something that I definitely feel like I, we need to dig into too deeply, but I do right. think it's an important concept to appreciate right now as people kind of figure out who they are and all of this. Right. So first and foremost, I definitely think that people, everyone should go vote. Um, 
whether you're in, I don't care what side of this conversation you're on. Let's get the full tally. Let's understand where we are together as a nation, whether we like it or not. And let's actually let the true representation of who we are be represented in the halls and the, and the spaces of decision-making um, for our, our, our decision-makers in, in legislative positions. Beyond that, you know, it's a responsibility of citizenship. You know, and and as citizens, we need to pay attention to all of the things that we actually help to impact our community and our country, because this country is really not just a border from sea to sign and sea. It's the people in between. Mm-hmm. Right. So the citizens that are engaged and the, the people that are stepping up to actually do the the jobs that we need to get done and the people in their community who are getting behind them to vote for them and keep them in alignment. That's what's going to make our country what we, we need it to be. People who are in predestined positions of power are not people who are kings or set there without being able to be moved. We are the actual governance and government of this country. And the honest, the honest truth is, when's the last time any of us read a bill? Mm. When the last of any of us have read a bill that our that our legislators are voting on? How often are we relying on the information that comes from news outlets that we actually all know in the back of our mind and the belly of our heart that we can't really trust? So I don't only believe, I don't only believe, and this is me talking to me too. I don't only believe we all need to go vote. That's not as much of a problem for me. I vote. I got a good consistent voting record, but we need to be better citizens. Mm. And when we recognize how much, we can do as citizens, man, voting going to be like one of those like easy things, you know, attendance is an actual mark you get at school too. But if you <laughs> get that part out the way, we ain't be worried about attendance, man. What you get in math, what you get in English, what you get in science, like voting is attendance. Mm. And we up here talking about attendance. So that's how far we are behind on commanding and controlling and taking hold of the true possibility of the greatness of what this country can be. All of us need to do more and all of us have actually space to do more just as regular citizens. So damn for damn sure you got to go vote because you got to go to school. You ain't going to learn nothing. And, and I love the way you put it, you know, it's attendance. Yeah, it is, and that's and that's the that's that that's that's your reasonable service as a citizen. Yeah, and, but but that seems to be the the thing that we can get 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 away from or get off of, and 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 and, and or, or or understand because my next question to you is it, it really piggybacks off of that question, um, in 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 this regard in this regard with everything that is happening in our country with Trumpism uh, to the big lies, January 6th committee and what took place January 6th, uh, 2021, Roe v. Wade and much more. Do you think some voters are justified in being apathetic when it comes to voting? Because like you said, if we're putting, if we're characterizing this as attendance, then apathy is people that people just don't want to go to school. 
Yeah, so I think that's a I think that's a contradiction to the overall concept. I think if you look at attendance as your only grade, then it makes sense. Mm. Because it's like, what I'm going to this place for? They about some bull. I, they ain't going to teach me nothing. It's a waste of time. Okay. But if you understand that you got a bigger role in this school and you got to, there's more that this school actually has to give to you than just the benefit of showing up. And if you go there and actually apply yourself and do the things that, that it actually has for you, then the things that seem like they actually are like those, oh man, the heavy things that get you that, that like, why would I come here? Like if you embrace what it is, you'll find that you can make the value proposition where you want it to be. So whether it's a good school or it's a struggling school or one of the best schools, what grades you get coming out of there? How many times you read that book that where you was assigned to you? How well did you do on that test that was given to you? Yeah, the teacher told you this was an assignment, but how much did you do in order to learn that information? I know that's unreasonable. I know, hey, who do that? Right. Who actually do more than what they were asked for? But, you know, this is the part that I have a challenge with. When you don't achieve your goals in life. It go back to the work you didn't do. Now, if you complain and blaming everybody else about where you are in life, but you didn't do your work. That's a kind of a challenge, ain't it? So, yeah, it's like, man, no matter what I do. No matter who I pick, this is all bull. You might be right. And I, I see where you're coming from if that's what we're talking about. But if you read those bills, if you attend those meetings, if you talk to your neighbors, if you sit down to have reasonable discourse and degree to disagree and actually have an open heart and vulnerability and, and humility, and get to actually sit down and figure out what makes two sides of a conversation different and then really begin to actually be people amongst each other and start doing this real citizen work and then start to actually build up the right people that we want to actually introduce the laws that we understand how they written and understand how they're going on because we reading them and we talking to our kids about it and we actually doing it at home. We do all that work. How could you ask yourself the question, why, why even go vote? See, you ain't thinking about the whole job. You ain't going to do all that other work and not go vote. You see what I'm saying? So you're not going to be an A student in math and an A student in English and an A student in history and not go to school. Even if there's a bully, even if there's a teacher you don't like, even if there's something else going on there that you don't really appreciate, but you got your goals. You're trying to get into Stanford or Harvard or Wayne State or WC3. You're trying to get out the house, the hood, the whatever. You're trying to like outshine that dad that everybody knew and you want to be your own person, whatever the hell it is. Get your own vision and goal about what you want this country to be and go do it because that's the actual reason why this place is the best place. It's not in the position that it's supposed to be in right now. Honestly, I hate to tell you why, because we all ain't doing what we can do. So this idea, don't go vote, is contradictory. It's, I, it don't make no sense. I go vote. You not only need to go vote, you need to go do some extra work. So that we all we all need to go do some extra work so we can make this place where we want it to be. It's not a it's not a communist regime. This ain't a socialist society. This ain't a parliament and all that kind of stuff. Anybody that we know right now on the street can actually 
if you know, given the parameters that we got in place right now, and guess what? We can change them too. And they can go be an elected official or whatever you want to be. You can be an engineer, a doctor, whatever you want to be. And I'm not even saying those as like the things that you should be. I'm just saying you can. If you wanted to be a ballerina, if you wanted to be a garbage man, if you wanted to be somebody who played video games for their whole life, you can do that. And you can do that right here. So it's not about what everybody else on. Like, what do you want for yourself? What do you want for your life? What do you want for your family? What do you want for, for, for your experience in this whole place? And what do you want as a citizen? As a citizen, what do you want from this country? And if you want more than what you see, we got to do some work. We got to get up and go do some damn work. And voting is just attendance. Man, <laughs> I could not have said it any better myself. And basically he's saying that voting is looking in the mirror. That's right. It's, it's, it's looking at yourself and not just not just uh, thinking about what you're uh, thinking about voting, but it's, it's what are you doing? Like you said, it's just it's, 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 it's not just attendance, but it's more than that. Is 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 are you getting involved? You know what kind of citizen are you? Do you want to be? Uh, because you know those who are uh, claiming to be apathetic in my in my view are are good at playing the blame game, pointing the finger at other people and pointing the finger at at who they believe to be the problem, but they, they fail to realize that there there are three fingers pointed back at them. And asking them the question, well, what did you do about it? And you're and and each time you have to add, you have to answer, I did nothing. Especially if I didn't, if I didn't even uh, uh, do the very least, which was go to school. Right. If I didn't even attend, then there's no way that I could ever get an A in the class. You don't get an A if you don't attend. You you the possibility of an A. It's not even on the table. Right. If I never go. Right. And we're not even going as far as talking, you know, talking about the most basic and like graduate, like, like a uh, tragic part about all this. There were literally people who died oh. just so you could go to school. <laughs> there were people who actually died. They, 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 they thought it was so important that somebody said, if you don't stop doing what you're doing in regards to trying to vote, I will kill you. And they was like, well, you're going to have to take my life. And we sitting up here taking it like it don't matter. I, I, you, I just ask you just to sit back and think through this a little bit more again and rethink this decision that you're making. Again, go back and look at all the information. Make sure you're not making this emotionally. Make sure you're bringing the right person and right mind to this. Also think about everybody you're affecting and think about all the consequences and all the scenarios of the consequences that come from this. You can't be making the right decision if you think that this, that, that stand, stepping out of it is the best decision, in my right. opinion. Absolutely. 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 Guys, man, I know you have enjoyed my interview with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, uh, I, I believe you can all agree that he is what a, a real leader looks like um, and uh, one that, uh, that, that we all should be striving to be like. And uh, we certainly appreciate 
Kurt being with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. But before we let you go, man, you've shared with us so much, so much wisdom, so many words of encouragement and inspiration. I want you to, to, to have the last word uh, in this week's edition. So share with our listeners, you know, final remarks, final thoughts or words of inspiration that you want to leave with them as we get ready to go to break. I just want to just, you know, I I think the most important thing is for everybody to remember to just live with love in your heart. And no matter what the moment is or what the situation is, if you can remember that to, to, to rescue yourself from a moment of darkness, a moment of heaviness, try to find that sensation of love in your heart. And if you can't find it, gratitude works. And if you can't, if you can't manufacture love and gratitude and you're not familiar with it, go in a mirror somewhere and just put a big dumb smile on your face <laughs> and just hack your emotions by, you know, you know, this amazing, like, you know, reciprocity of life and, and this experience, just put a smile on your face and you gonna understand how your spirit going to feel better. But just remember to be good to yourselves and be good to each other and use your feelings and your emotions as a real sign. Don't just ignore them. Like they just something there because nobody else can't see it. We can see it. We can see it in your face. We can feel it from your actual moves and your vibrations. So I'm asking you, I'm asking everybody to take care of themselves. And there is a difference between fear and hate and animosity and love and gratitude and, and happiness. There is a difference. And I'm saying be, be conscious and be deliberate about putting the right, those positive vibrations, in my opinion, in, the, in your life. And dream the biggest dreams you can dream for yourself and for your family. Get into a space where you are scaring yourself with how big your dreams are for yourself and do it while you are practicing how to be happy and loving and grateful. And I'm going to tell you what, start doing that with your neighbors and have, start having crazy conversations about things we can do together to actually make our communities better places. And I promise you, we will be in a better place. I promise you that. I know it sounds crazy, but I really believe it. And if y'all just had a faith, try it. It'll work. There you have it, guys. Uh, I know you have been blessed tremendously by our conversation with the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, my good friend, Kurt Mays. Man, thank you so very much for carving time out of your day to spend it with us right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We pray God's blessings upon you uh, and all that you do, man. Uh, continue to do the work that you're doing. Keep it up and, uh, and may God continue to bless you. Thank you, brother. It's been a pleasure. And uh, go green, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jamel Hill, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with my man, Michael Nimitz. Stay live. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Refined.
rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought book working experience. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. It's time, 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 time for the Thinking Out Loud radio show thought, 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 thought of the week. Our thought of the week is entitled Knowing the Pilot. During a tumultuous flight with extremely severe turbulence, passengers were instructed by the flight attendants to buckle their seatbelts and refrain from walking and return to their seats. There was a terrible storm that had overtaken this 747 and the passengers were visibly nervous and upset and many were holding hands and bracing themselves for the worst. But in the midst of this massive turbulence and extreme panic, at one of the front corners of the plane, there was a little girl who seemed to be unbothered by the turbulence and undisturbed by the visible panic from the passengers on this beleaguered flight across the country. In fact, in the midst of what was happening elsewhere on this plane, this little girl seemed to be focused on one thing and one thing only, and that was her coloring book. Her unmitigated devotion to coloring was so surprising to the woman sitting next to her that she interrupted the little girl's coloring only to ask the question, aren't you scared? You see, this little girl's focus on her coloring was so surprising to the lady next to her that her curiosity got the best of her in that moment and she couldn't resist the temptation to ask the little girl the question, aren't you scared? Because it seemed that this little girl had completely ignored the madness on the plane and mentally separated herself from the commotion and transported herself to an island of tranquility and solace that the other passengers knew nothing about. So the young woman asked the little girl, aren't you scared? Because it was baffling to find this little girl was unbothered by the disturbance taking place on this plane. You know, even after asking the little girl this question, it seemed she was so focused on coloring that she didn't even look up to acknowledge the lady's question. And so she asked it a second time, this time nudging the little girl to get her undivided attention. The curious woman asked again, little girl, aren't you scared? And the little girl stopped coloring long enough just to briefly look up and say, no, I'm not scared. 
proposal, the little girl's answer to the curious woman's question wasn't sufficient, so she decided to ask her the same question, but in a different way. Excuse me, little girl, but aren't you scared of the lightning and the thundering on the outside of the plane and by the turbulence that seemed to be upsetting the other passengers? And the little girl looked up again and said, no, I'm not scared. The curiosity got the best of the lady again, and she had to ask the little girl, why, why, why aren't you afraid? Why aren't you afraid of the turbulence? Why aren't you afraid of the thundering and lightning? Why? looked up one last time to share with her some insights into why she wasn't afraid didn't know the little girl said my daddy is the pilot and he knows I'm back here and he's not going to let anything bad happen with me on the plane and it is this little piece of wisdom from this tiny adolescent that speaks volumes about the vicissitudes of life that we can't seem to understand Life has its peaks and valleys that sometimes leaves us in awe and bewildered all at the same time. The 747 in our story can also be viewed as the vicissitudes of life that is sometimes completely unnerving and unpredictable. Dr. King spoke of life this very same way in his famous sermon, A Knock at Midnight, where he espoused so many find themselves crying out with Shakespeare's Macbeth that life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. And so many find themselves crying out with the philosopher Schopenhauer that life is an endless pain with a painful end. That so many find themselves crying out with Paul Lawrence Dunbar's crust of bread in the corner to sleep in, a minute to smile, and an hour to weep in, a pint of joy to a peck of sorrow, but never to laugh with the moans come double, and that is life. Powerful and vivid description of life from just a few of life's most prolific and poignant poets. The Apostle James asked a very profound question in the book that bears his name. He asked and answers his own question What is life? It is but a vapor that is here for just a little while and then passes away. So to add another dimension to the volatility of life is also its fragility, vulnerability, and even its uncertainty. Considering all of this, it is easy to understand the other passengers' panic and paranoia. Yes, it's easy to empathize with those who can't seem to make ends meet. It's easy to understand those who can't seem to make heads or tails of things. It's easy to understand the frustration of those who uh, feel helpless and even hopeless. You know, from the looks of things on the plane, all signs pointed to imminent danger. So, in a real sense, it seemed the only choice the passengers had in this moment was to panic. This seemed to be the inevitable outcome of a, a turbulent plagued flight across the country. But in this week's start, I want you to pay close attention to the words of the little girl as she clearly explains to her curious seatmate the reason for her composure. My dad is the pilot, and he knows I'm back here, and he's not going to let anything happen to me while I'm on this plane. This little girl's confidence is not just in her dad's ability as a pilot to fly the plane, but also as a protector because he is indeed her father. 
So she doesn't have to be sitting next to him in the cockpit to know that he's doing everything in his power to steer this plane to safely, not just for the sake of the hundreds of passengers that may be aboard this flight, but for the sake of his beloved daughter, his birthright, this sacred child that was given to him by the creator to nurture and protect. Her confidence is indeed exemplary because she knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that my daddy knows I'm on this plane. And just like her daddy knows she's back here, our Heavenly Father knows the way that we take and when he is done trying us, we shall come forth as pure gold. Our Heavenly Father knows us and loves us and only wants the best for us. And so our faith and confidence in Him should be just like the little girl in her dad, the pilot. Knowing the pilot was the reason for her composure. Knowing the pilot was the reason for her peace in the midst of the storm. And just like her, we can find peace and tranquility in our Heavenly Father because it's in Him that we live, we move, and have our being. Knowing Him makes life worth living. Knowing Him puts life into perspective. Knowing Him truly makes the difference. enjoyed this week's thought entitled knowing the pilot and I guarantee you guys in all of the things that we may encounter and go through in life it is so very important that we know the pilot because knowing the pilot truly I want to give a special shout out to my good friend Kurt Mays for being with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, I know he has a busy schedule, but taking some time out to be with us on this week's edition, uh, it, we truly appreciate it. And I know you were blessed by his insight and his words of wisdom. Want to give a special shout out to all of you, the listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you guys for tuning in this week and thank you for your patience as well as your prayers. Uh, I am definitely feeling much, much better. Uh, I know I sound better. I feel better than I did earlier this week when I tested positive for COVID-19. But it's your prayers that have gotten us through this. Thank you so much. And I look forward to what God is going to continue to do to us or do for us in the days and weeks to come. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. Thank you guys so much uh, for your support of us um, on social media. Remember to follow us on our Facebook fan page at Thinking Out Loud, facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ, or on Instagram and Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN. We're also on TikTok as well uh, at TOL. World Radio Host MSN So if you're on there Look us up We're going to put Some more videos Out there As well Guys uh, I'm telling you I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm still getting My feet wet With all of these Social media outlets But I know I've got to do better So uh, help us do that And follow us On TikTok And even on YouTube As well 
uh, at uh, youtube.com forward slash thinking out loud TV. Um, or if you forget all of that, just go right to our website, michaelnimmons.com, where we have all of our social media uh, and links there available for you uh, to explore. Thank you guys so much for your support. We truly appreciate each and every one of you. Well, we get ready to get out of here, but always remember, until next time, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.